Boker Tov, and welcome back to our ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. Today we have a relatively small piece to do. It's the Mishnah on the top of Daf Chaf Dalad, Amud Bet, of Masachet Yivamot. Uh, and we will cover to the next Mishnah, which is on Daf Chaf Hey, and in the next podcast, Amir Tzashev, we will finish the parak. Hanit'an ala shifcha v'nishtachra, o al ha'ovedet kochavim v'nitgaira, harezeh lo yichnos. This is really an ancillary piece to Yivamot. Um, but we will see from the next mission why it's included here, the one we'll do in the next podcast. One who, anitan, means someone about whom there are rumors that he's been having an affair with a shifcha, and then she becomes freed. There's a rumor that he's been having an affair with a non-Jewish woman, and then she converts. He's, he should not marry her. But if he does marry her, we do not force him to divorce her. On the other hand, that word is important. One about whom there are rumors regarding a, an affair with a married woman, and they then force her out, or she is divorced. Even if he marries her, he must divorce her. He may not remain married to her. So let's see, first of all, why, and why we distinguish between the Yoreda Kochavim and Shifcha on one hand and the Eshadish on the other. Now, Hagioret miahavia. Parenthetically, the Gemara uh, points out that if this woman converted, she is considered a valid convert. He may not marry her, but she's considered a valid convert. Or meaning, we have a challenge. This is a very contemporary practical thing. If a man converts in order to marry a Jewish woman, or a particular woman, or a woman converts in order to marry a particular Jewish man, or one who lives in an environment where being Jewish means you're very wealthy, and he wants to convert for that reason, or because he wants to be associated with uh, some great Jewish person. says the only valid gerut, and this is a avad, is if the ger is doing it for the right reasons. I'll talk about that in a moment. So whether they are gerei arayot, literally lion converts, and the background to that is the story of the kutim, Malachim Bet Perak the kutim who were part of the population transfer of Sanchiriv in the 8th century BCE, came to Shomron and immediately were attacked by lions, and they sent a message to Sanchiriv saying, we're attacked because we do not know the laws of the local god, Mishpat Aretz. And so he, and as a result of that, they ultimately sort of converted. Um, ultimately, during the times of the Gemara, we realized, or late during the period, Mishnah period, we realized that they were not really converts. But that is the background of the present-day Shomronim. In any case, uh, those are Gere Ariot. Gere Chalomot means somebody who had some sort of a dream, and the dream he was told to convert, and he converted. And Gerei Mordechai Ve'aster, the story of Mordechai Ve'aster at the end of the eighth chapter of um, of Megillat Esther says that a lot of the people were converting, perhaps, if that's what Yadim means, because they were afraid of the Jews. In other words, these are all people uh, uh, who uh, who were converting for uh, reasons that are not, uh, shall we say, ideological or idealistic. All right, it's out of personal fear. A uh, Baal Chalamot may indeed be the way that I described it. Maybe it's Rashi says that a Baal Chalamot told them uh, that they should convert. In any case, not for the right reason, unless they convert Bizman Hazet. Bizman Hazet, they can only convert in today's period. 
They have to convert in a circumstance that's like Zmanazem, meaning when being Jewish is, uh, is not a great situation uh, politically and, and safety-wise, etc., and certainly not financially. And they're doing it because they realize that's the truth and not because of any external reason. That's Rabbi Nehemiah. So, uh, obviously, our Mishnah doesn't seem to comport with that because it, it talks about a woman who converts, and the assumption is that she's converting for this man. By the way, the halacha is, as Rav points it, against Rav Nechemia, that we accept all of these as gerim. Question is, the chathchila do we do such a gear, etc.? Good. Now, so if that's the case, that this woman is a 100% gear, why can't the fellow who about whom there were rumors that he was having an affair with her before, and now she converted in order to marry him, why can't he marry her? Pasuk number one on the page, that you should keep all sorts of bad talk about you distanced. So if, uh, let's say, a man has an affair with a woman, or let's say there's rumors that a man has an affair with a shivcha or an ovedet kochavim, and then she's liberated or she is, uh, or she is uh, converted, and then he marries her, then everybody is going to be talking about how he originally had an affair, and he convinced her to convert, or he arranged for her to be liberated, etc. You should do everything you can to keep such talk uh, away from you being the object of it. Now, Tanra Banan, parenthetically, There's such a bright, though. We're going to get into the issue of Gerut much more in the in the uh, fourth paragraph, in, uh, in around Dathem Hey, Memvav, Zayin, where the main sugi of Gerut is, but... It, there's a tradition that when Mashiach comes, we won't accept Gerim anymore. The idea is we never accept Gerim during a time when it's really prosperous to be Jewish. Alright, this is a pasuk in Yeshayahu, in the Perkei Nechamav Yeshayahu. And the gist of the pasuk is, who is it who stayed with you, you poor Zion, during your times of difficulty? Uh, that's the one who will stay with you. In other words, the one who converted when things were difficult, then Allah he will stay with you in the world to come. Aval but others who just came opportunistically, no. Good. Now the second part of the Mishnah is Hanitan al Ish. If one, uh, there are rumors about someone having an affair with a married woman, then he may, he may not marry her, and if he does, we force them to separate. Now, Amar Rav Uve'edim. Rav comments and says, this is only if there were a deem to the dalliance, in which case we, uh, we force them to separate. Amar Rav Sheshet, Amina Kinayim Vashachiv Rav, Amar Lahishmata. So Rav Sheshet says, you know what, Rav must have been very sleepy when he said this. Literally, I said that when he was sleepy and lying down, Rav said this statement. It means Rav must have been, in other words, he's challenging Rav. Tatanya, what's his proof against Rav? There's a brighter that says, Now, that's the gear, so we're going to work with for right now. If there's rumors about somebody with an Eshet Ish, and she was then separated from her husband, or she was divorced from her husband, and then she married another guy, a third guy, and then she was divorced from him, if the rumor guy, I call him on the sheet, rumor man, or RM, if the rumor guy, the guy about who there were rumors, then marries her, then lo yotzi. Now that means that it's not exactly the case in our Mishnah. She was, there, there was a rumor about her having an affair with rumor man. She then got divorced. 
She then married some other guy. That guy divorced her. She may now not, not marry rumor man, but if she does, we don't force her out. Hechidami. So what's the circumstance? Eve de Ikaidim, were there witnesses to the original dalliance? Once she marries the, the, the other guy, what does that, why should that mean anything? We have witnesses that she was having an affair when she was married with rumor man. Must be that there were no Edim. In other words, there are no Edim. And what is the bright, what's the case the Brighta constructs? The time of the Atahacher Lakola. It's only because there was a guy in the middle that she married. In other words, because there were no Edim, and because when she got divorced, she married some other guy, so people now stop thinking that she was having an affair with Rumorman. Halavachim Afkinan. Mashma that if she went directly from her husband to Rumorman, we would not allow her to stay there. And that's even without Edim. In other words, we have determined that the Brighton must be talking about a case where there were no Edim. So how would Rav answer that? Because this seems to support the idea that even without Edim to the original tryst, uh, the, uh, the original affair really, that, uh, that we, uh, we force her to separate from, from this new husband. No, Rav would, would answer as follows. Even if there were no intervening person to sort of break up the rumor, nonetheless we would sep- we would force them to separate. Only because of Adim do we take them out, and if not, not. In other words, the guy in the middle doesn't make a difference. If there's Adim, then we separate her from this uh, rumor man, whether or not she married somebody else in the middle. If there are no Adim, then we don't in either case. And this is what the bright means. Even though another guy comes and married her in the middle, the reason they picked the other guy in the middle is to show that even though there was another guy in the middle, still, she may not marry rumor man. The only issue is that once she married him, we don't force him to divorce because there's no Edim. That would be Rob's first answer to saying, when there are no Edim, we do not force them to separate. And that's true in this case, because not because there's somebody in the middle, but in spite of the fact there's somebody in the middle, we still don't let them get married. And it's certainly true if there is nobody else in the middle. Good. Now we have another challenge to Rob. When do we say that we make her separate? But she has no sons from the first marriage, meaning the woman was married to a guy, didn't have any kids, and then there's rumors that she was having an affair with rumor man. Then she leaves her first husband and marries rumor man, we force him to separate. But if she has children, but if she has children with the first husband, and then there's these rumors and she leaves and she marries the second guy, then we do force her to separate. Why? Because her marrying the second guy substantiates the rumors, which is a problem between them if there are no children. If there are children, it affects the children because everybody will consider them suspicious, suspected of being mamzeri. So the Brighton made the following distinction. When do we force her to separate? We force her to separate if she did not have any children. But the stipulation, the, the statement in our Mishnah that if she married rumor man, she, uh, she does have to separate. That's only if she has no children. If she has children, she doesn't separate. But if Adim come to the, to the, the, the testify to the affair, then even if she has children, she has to separate. So what does that mean? It means that the first presentation here is, a case where there were no witnesses, and still she has to separate if there's no children. So Rav, so Rav has a very simple solution. He says, our Mishnah must be talking about a case where she has sons, which is why we don't separate her unless there are witnesses, and therefore in our Mishnah there are sons and there are witnesses. 
So why is Rab pushing himself? Why doesn't Rab just say, you're right, that this Mishnah is true whether there are or not witnesses, and it's true without kids. So why is Rav pushed to say that the Mishnah is talking about a case where she has sons, and therefore we only t- separate her from the rumor man because she has because there are witnesses, and without witnesses we wouldn't do it. Look what So why doesn't he just make the case that this woman has no kids with their first husband, and that um, and that there are no witnesses? And nonetheless, we separate them. So Amarav, Rav explains why, why Rav was bothered. He was bothered by the Mishnah. Why does the Mishnah say, um, they took her out? Why does it say, he took her out? In other words, here's a woman who was married, and there's rumors that she's having an affair. Why doesn't it say, her husband divorced her? Why does it say, they took her out? Mashma, that's the Beitim that did it. Anytime it says Hotsiuha, it happens in a Beitin. That means Beitin's forcing it. Beitin only will act if there's witnesses. Right? So therefore, Rav says, our case must be talking about where the Beitin forced to divorce her first husband. And therefore, there must have been Edim. And therefore, Rav says, in accord with the Breita, it must be talking about a case where she already had kids. Meaning, even if she already had kids, because there are witnesses, we, we separate her from the new husband. That's answer one. The boy, they might have another answer. The brighter that we have is authored by Rebbe, the Tanya. Rebbe has a definition of circumstantial evidence to adultery. Rochel Yotzei. Let's say a salesman is walking out of the house and the husband walks in. And the woman is getting dressed and putting on her underclothes. So the Rebbe says, this is very disgusting. You know, it's quite circumstantially leading to the notion of adultery. And it's it's very upsetting. Therefore, she should leave. Or let's say the husband comes in, and again, like Rashi points out, the salesman just walked out. And it doesn't have to be a salesman, but that's just a typical kind of case, a stereotypical case. He walks in and he sees spittle on the top of the bed. What that means is that somebody was sleeping or was lying on the bed with their face up, and in the heat of passion, they spit up, and that must have been his wife. As the Rebbe says, Tetzay. Good. Since it's very disgusting and it seems pretty obvious what happened, therefore she should be divorced. If there are uh, shoes that are turned upside down underneath the bed, we'll fix this in a minute. Etc. Now, if there are shoes that are there that are upside down, why don't we just see whose shoes they are? If there are shoes or husband's shoes, it's fine. If somebody else's shoes, no good. In other words, what you have is the location where the shoes normally are is all messed up. And so, as Rashi points out, what evidently happened is the guy came in, he took off his shoes off first, he put them in her place, so she put her shoes in her husband's place, and of course they had dirt floors, so it's all scuffed, and things are not sitting where they normally sit. This, of course, is a circumstance would be very hard to replicate today. Anyways, that's Rebbe. So now Rebbe says that we do for separation based on circumstantial evidence. In other words, we don't need a deem to confirm a suspicion that an affair has happened. Rav, on the other hand, says we do, which makes the next statement very problematic. We rule like Rav and we rule like Rabbi. So kasha yochata yochata, we have a, a contradiction between the halachot. So lo kasha, ha bekola de pasi, kala bekola de lo pasi. Now we have this sugi in Moikotan in a different context. 
if it is a uh, an, uh, a rumor that just does not cease, then uh, indeed we consider it to be a valid rumor, and we follow like Rebbe Mechuar Davar, and even without witnesses, we say she must leave the second husband because we are confirming the rumor as it were. Ha bekolad lo pasik, but if it's a sorry bekolad a pasik, if it's an interrupted rumor, meaning for a little while people talked about it, then they stopped talking about it. Then we hold like Rav that without real witnesses we don't force it out. Now, call it a lo pasik veleka edim karebi. So if there is an, an ongoing rumor that just doesn't stop, even there's no witnesses, we rule like Rebbe and we force a divorce. Call it a pasik veika edim. But if there is a uh, a uh, rumor that per, that does not persist. Then, if there's witnesses, then we rule like Rav. We separate her. But if there is no are no witnesses and the rumor does not persist, then we let it go. Call it a low pasik ad kama. So what's the shear? How long does a rumor have to persist for it to be called uninterrupted? So my nanny told me, Dome demata yoma upalga. Right? The, the rumors around the city, the people around the city who are suspicious, people talk about them for a day and a half. That's the shear. But that's only if it's uninterrupted, not if they talked about that, then they talked about something else, talked about something else, went back to the original topic. But if that's all they talk about for a day and a half, they don't leave the fisher wives or whatever, then then uh, the interruption already renders it a non-persisting rumor. But that's only if it was interrupted for just because they lost interest. But if it was interrupted because the parties are walking by and they were afraid and they stopped talking, then it doesn't. that's not considered an interruption. Now, parenthetically, we go back and explain that the rumor itself is only valid. That's only if the guy does not have otherwise have enemies in town. If the guy has well-known enemies in town, and we would assume also if either the husband, uh, the cuckolded husband or the, or the wife has enemies in town that are well-known, then we assume that they started these rumors and we pay no attention to them. Now, Tananatam, we have a Mishnah in Git. Hamotzitishto Mishum Shem Ra. Lo Yachzir. Mishum Neder Lo Yachzir. Mishum Neder Lo Yachzir. If a man divorces his wife because of rumors about her, Shem Ra, or because there was some sort of a Neder, that's not really our concern. The concern we have is Mishum Shem Ra. Alright? Um, um, Uh, then what's the case? Loyachzir, he shouldn't take her back. Back. Um, good. Now Shalach Rabba Barhuna the Rabba Barna Rav Nachman. So then the question was asked. The Chachamim said you can't remarry her. Yilamdenu Rabenu. So give us a psak. Kines Mahu Shiotzi. What happens if the guy does marry her? He divorced her because of a bad rumor. That's the part that concerns us. And then he went ahead and remarried her. Amarle Tanina. So Rabba Rabba Nachman said very simple. We have our Mishnah that says that if a man had, there was a rumor that he was having an affair with a woman, and then she gets divorced, even if he marries her, then you'll see. So it should be the same thing. Chacham said you can't marry her, then you'll see. That's not the same, because in our Mishnah, as we determined, the Beitin forced the divorce. So therefore, you're really acting against the Beitin when you take her back, when you, the second guy marries her. Uh, you're sort of in, in, the, in the, it's a stronger separation that Beitin made. As opposed to in, uh, in the case of Motsi Shemra, where the guy divorced himself. So if Rav Nachman, Manita Nami Hotziyatanan. But Rav Nachman had a different gears in our Mishnah, unlike the Mahalach that we had before. His gears was Hotziyat, which means the husband divorced her without aiding, without the Beitin. The Akati Midani, but the cases are still not alike. 
Here the Baal is taking her back in, in this new case. And in our case, she's getting married to the suspected adulterer. Rabbi Nachman says, no, the, the analogy is good. In our case, the Rabbanon say you can't marry her, and the result is if you marry her, you'll see. Same thing, Rabbi, Rabbi said you can't take her back. So if you do, you'll see. By the way, this is a very weak response, because in our own Mishnah, we have a case where the Rabbanon said, and we said, and we had in the previous Mishnah, the cases of Yibum, with the Suffolk uh, sisters. We said you shouldn't do even, but if you did lo yotzi, so every time Chacham say lo yichnos doesn't mean they're going to say yotzi. Beloi, and so the Gemara rejects it on simple grounds. Hatam alumi alme lekola. The very critical difference is that when the Boel marries her, when the suspected adulterer marries her, he's substantiating the rumor. Here, where the husband takes her back, the obvious response people are going to be are going to have is that he looked into it, investigated, found out that there was nothing to the rumor. He had divorced her for naught, and he took her back. So the husband returning the girl, his wife, taking her back, is really a deflection and a, uh, and a, and a deflating of the rumor, as opposed to the boa marrying her, which is a substantiation of the rumor, and that's why we say, Kines, you'll see.